What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. Casey Hendrickson here, still working on getting the Stream Deck set up with the new OBS install. It's so weird. This camera, like, keeps moving around on me. It's very strange. Like, I keep readjusting it and changing it, and it keeps getting all, like, wonky on me. I don't know what this is about. I don't know what's going on, because I've moved this thing, like, three times since I've been sitting here. And it continues to move around, so go figure. Um, just letting you all know that we have uh, like a company function happening in the background. So there's a good chance that you might hear some people and, and things like that. So just getting you a heads up and, and letting you know. Um, I've changed a bunch of settings in OBS. I did a fresh install of OBS, so hopefully we don't have the issues that we had yesterday, which were really weird, very strange. We haven't had any problems streaming from this studio uh, since we started doing that a few months ago. But yesterday was a giant disaster and a mess, so I'm sorry about that. And hopefully things are going to be better today. It looks like they will be, uh, just with some uh, tweaking and, and things of that nature. All right, so let's start off with uh, what happened with the church shooter in California, which, of course, isn't getting any coverage because, again, look at the profile. Uh, he doesn't fit the profile of what they want to promote. So Buffalo does. They're going to go ahead and focus on Buffalo. That's just how it is. But he wanted to execute as many as possible, according to authorities. The man charged with opening fire in a Taiwanese church congregation of mainly elderly people in Southern California wanted to execute in cold blood as many people in that room as possible, according to the prosecutor. Uh, they announced that there's going to be a murder charge, attempted murder, and other charges for the shooting that killed one person and wounded five. The Orange County District Attorney referred to David Chow, 68, as a monster whose rampage was thwarted by the heroic heroic actions of a doctor who charged at him, a pastor who hit Chow with a chair, and several parishioners who tied him up until police arrived. Uh, and again, you know, they, they apparently did this when he was reloading. So they, they took shelter. Once he started to reload, they, they pounced. This monster crafted a diabolical plan to lock the church doors with his victims inside in order to lead what he thought were innocent lambs to slaughter. But what he didn't realize was the parishioners at the church that day weren't lambs. They were lions, and they fought back against the evil that tried to infiltrate their house of worship. Uh, so, again, he has a hatred of Taiwan. So he is a pro-China, anti-Taiwan guy, and this is a bigoted attack. Uh, so, you know, just wanted to give you the latest updates on this because that's um, I mean, it's an ugly case. Also wanted to go ahead and play this amazing clip from uh, Lauren Boebert. And most of you know, got a massive crush on her. Um, you know, who doesn't? But Lauren Boebert had this really, really good speech about the ministry of truth. I wanted to play it for all of you, okay? Just so you had an opportunity to experience it. I haven't had a chance to play it on the radio show yet. I was going to play it on the live stream yesterday, but everything went all wonky on it. So figure we play it today, and then we'll dive into. They're totally not coming for your kids, guys. They, they, they super peaky promise where they're not coming for your kids. But this is Lauren Boebert really giving it to the Ministry of Truth. Madam Speaker, I yield three minutes to the representative from Colorado. Gentlelady from Colorado is recognized for three minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise to oppose the previous question so that we could immediately consider H.R. 7690. Madam Speaker, the Biden regime wants to talk disinformation. Okay, let's give them something to talk about. Let's talk about how the White House said that it was Republicans that want to defund the police. Let's talk about how Secretary Mayorkas said the southern border is closed. Let's talk about how Joe Biden said his Build Back Better agenda 
cost zero American tax dollars. Let's talk about how Biden's new press secretary falsely claimed Trump stole the 2016 presidential election. And remember Afghanistan? Let's talk about how Joe Biden said any American who wants to come home will get you home. Well, that sounds like the words of a lying dog-faced pony soldier to me. The American people will not have their speech monitored by corrupt career professional politicians who lie day in and day out. And now the DHS, a militarized department, has established a new disinformation governance board, or more accurately known as the Department of Propaganda. DHS was created to stop terrorism. Now it's being used to terrorize the American people. And who did Marcus hire to run this Orwellian ministry of truth? This lady, Nina Jankowitz. Marcus calls her an expert on disinformation. So good. Probably because she tells lies all the dang time. Nina said that President Trump would embolden ISIS. Well, he defeated it. Nina said the Hunter Biden laptop from hell was a Trump campaign product. Nina said that concerned parents who wanted a say in their children's education were pushing disinformation. And Nina said big tech should censor the Wuhan lab leak theory because it was, you guessed it, disinformation. Nina doesn't seem to have a good relationship with truth and will surely use this board to silence Americans. Nina is no public servant. How's that, you say? Don't take it from me. Here's her words. Okay, I'm going to pause it there. For those of you who are listening to the audio podcast of this, what you can't see is that Lauren Boebert has one of those big, giant, like, congressional graphics that's sitting right next to her. And we actually covered this when this story broke a while ago with uh, Nina Jankowitz. Who do I need to bleep to be famous and powerful? That was what something that Nina Jankowitz had said previously. And so Lauren Boebert is pointing out, hey, this is the woman who is going to be running the Ministry of Truth and the Department of Propaganda. She's a power-hungry individual who has a very poor relationship with the truth. So for those of you who can't watch, we're not watching the live stream or watching the video later on, and you're just listening to the audio podcast of this, I encourage you to go watch this video so you can see this because it's, I mean, it's glorious. Now, she's not done yet, so we got to let Lauren finish her piece. Are these the words of a public servant? What do I need to do to, well, Madam Speaker, I'll let you read the rest of that. This doesn't sound like someone who should be monitoring Americans' speech. The Democrat Party has truly lost their minds. From intimidating judges at their homes, burning down pregnancy centers, and All vandalizing crimes. churches, All to crimes. calling moms and dads domestic terrorists, mm -hmm. and now creating this department to censor free speech because extremists are scared of expired. what? Elon Musk? They Gentle think social media censor doesn't expired. go far enough, and this needs to be defunded. No longer recognize a gentleman from... <laughs> Gosh! Man, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just a big Lauren Boebert fan. <laughs> uh, it's a great speech. She was accurate in everything that she said. 
absolutely 100% nailed Nina Jankowitz. Um, you know, just golf clap. Golf clap. Big time, big time ups, big time applause for that. Uh, Lauren Bobert doing what she does best. Just uh, smacking down facts. Also want to remind everybody that we're in the SilverFoxArt.com studios, so make sure you go to SilverFoxArt.com. Make sure you uh, engage in in a, a quote from them. Uh, I know it sounded a little weird. I haven't eaten anything today. I apologize. Um, but again, great company to work for. They actually made the logo behind me, for those of you who are watching the video. Uh, that is made out of wood, okay? And we've, we've highlighted, like we have another piece here to show you kind of like how thick this is. You know, that's what we're talking about. Still can't get a hold of the contest winner on this. Um, but, I mean, that's that's how thick we're talking about. This is wood, okay? This is wood, and it is handmade, full color, and it's got backlighting on, on many of their pieces, including options for RGB. Just an amazing company to work for. Find them online at silverfoxart.com. So whether you got a business, you got a bar, tavern, VFW post, you're just a sports fan, you want to get family photos, whatever it is, silverfoxart.com. You can also follow them on Instagram. Get all their latest projects on Instagram at silver.fox.art. Okay, make sure you let them know that I sent you too, by the way. All right, let's, uh, let's move on here. This is an undercover journalist for Channel 4 News in England. This undercover journalist decided to go undercover to document right-wing extremism in England. And this is what they actually uncovered. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. Uh, yeah, it's sensitive language and that sort of stuff. But uh, here you go. Why have we chosen this area? It's weather. <laughs> yeah, we're in a, um, an outskirts that is heavily white, heavily working class. They think they're alone. But today, others are watching. A masked group confronts them. Oh, no, no, no. no. Hey, and they hey, also hey. go for Elliot. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not. Listen, listen. Listen. I'm a I'm a journalist. I'm a journalist. Yeah, yeah. I'm listen to me. I'm being serious. He follows our protocols and heads to a nearby backup car. Yeah, I've been attacked. Some guys with masks on. Three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. PA blame the attack on far-left anti-fascists. Yeah, because that's who Antifa is, you dingus. If you had paid any attention to who Antifa is, you'd know that they're domestic terrorists and they're violent thugs. So, sorry, not sorry. You know, you go undercover, you're, you're trying to expose right-wing extremism, you end up actually getting attacked by left-wing extremism. Um, and and it's, it's so funny because his plea is, I'm an undercover journalist, I'm an undercover journalist. They don't care. Antifa hates journalists. You idiot. How many times does Antifa have to attack journalists? Now, this is a post from Andy No, and, and Andy No has been physically assaulted by Antifa numerous times. In fact, Antifa in the United States has a problem with Asian journalists because Andy No is not the only Asian journalist that they routinely attack. They attack another journalist in, in San Francisco who lost his job, by the way, because he refused to falsely cover a story about uh, a, a, not a right-wing right wing group, I guess. Who was the group? I don't remember the name of the uh, the group that he was covering. But anyway, um, because he, he covered the event and he basically said there was no violence. They didn't do anything wrong. They just marched through the streets. They played some songs and stuff like that. But because of that, he was fired. Uh, and he had previously been attacked by Antifa like just like a month or something before that. So Antifa routinely attacks journalists. They do this all over the country. Uh, they've recently seemingly focused on Asian journalists. Don't really know why that is. 
But again, this is this is exactly who Antifa are. They're a violent group who sees anybody that they disagree with and they physically attack them. Now, the group that this journalist was with didn't attack anybody. They didn't do anything wrong. They're allowed to go around and do whatever they were doing, but they didn't attack anybody. They were the victims of, of this attack. In his defense, I'm an undercover journalist. I'm an undercover journalist. And of course, they didn't care. They continued to attack him. They didn't care because that's who they are. That is who they are. But, you know, if you want to watch the full, like, documentary, like Andy No kind of links to it, they're making you pay money to go ahead and watch it if you want to watch it. But, um, yeah, it's <laughs> that's who they are. I don't know why you're surprised. All right, they're totally not coming for your kids, though, guys. Totally not coming for your kids. If you're new here, please hit that subscribe button. And, again, we do the uh, the live radio show every day, 3 to 6. A lot more people hang out with us 3 to 6. But uh, trying to do this early show thing and, and build it. So if you're here, please share it. would appreciate that. And hit that subscribe button. A Florida middle school principal has written on Facebook a post telling parents to stop getting in our way because teachers will do what's best for your students in spite of you. That sounds familiar. Now, in this area, we've been dealing with this. I know that other places around the country have been dealing with this as well, but this has been a big deal here. Uh, yes, teachers love name brand craft supplies, but what they actually want is to be treated like professionals. Hey, look, you want to be treated like professionals? Act like it. That's simple. You know what's not professional? Grooming children. Telling children to lie to their parents. Giving them an assignment on going home and talking to their dad about their penis. You do that stuff, you're not a professional. You're a groomer, period. I will treat you like a professional if you act like a professional. I have been lucky so far to not have had any issues with my kids' teachers, and I hope to never have an issue with my kids' teachers. But there are other teachers in this community that are bad, and you're not going to be treated professionally if you don't behave in a professional manner, period. They want to be paid a living wage, okay? Uh, we've been over this. It depends on the market. Most teachers uh, are paid a living wage. Most teachers are at least at the state, uh, the state average. And uh, in some states, teachers are overpaid. Uh, they want to be allowed to go home in the evening without lugging work. Yeah, so does everybody. And they want to decide what they teach in their classroom based on the needs of the students in front of them. No, you have curriculum. You don't get to change from the curriculum. The curriculum has been decided. You don't get to deviate from that curriculum. There are little things that come up here and there that might still be important that you can bring into the classroom. Everybody understands that. But you don't get to change the curriculum just because you think your students in your classroom deserve to have some social education, okay? That's not appropriate. I am so tired of being told we don't know what we are doing or that we are missing with parents, we are messing with parents' rights. Two years ago, we were heroes and proved that we are the backbone of many social services. Okay, let's address this. You know what happened in that two-year period? The pandemic. Now, teachers have been, in some cases, rightfully lionized in our society, all right? There's no doubt that they're an important profession and great teachers deserve to be revered. There's no doubt about that. But people like me who have been in this business for over 17 years, who have covered very bad teachers, very bad school districts, very bad schools, very bad faculty members that don't support teachers, and really horrendous educational process, we have been warning parents for a very long time you need to pay attention to your public schools because there's a lot of bad things that are happening there, and it's not just the other students. It's faculty, it's teachers, it's school boards, it's all of this stuff that is going on. A lot of the things that they're teaching you are not historically accurate. I've told you before that my former co-host and I were invited to by a teacher who was a U.S. government teacher to go into the classroom 
and sit in on his class for an entire day. And the main reason that he wanted us there is he he wanted us there to observe, you know, how how teachers do their job in the the students, the the interaction with teachers and students. He's a high school teacher, but he also wanted us to read some chapters from his brand new U.S. government textbook. And in that textbook, the First Amendment does not guarantee you the right of free speech. The Second Amendment does not guarantee citizens and civilians the right to bear, bear arms. This is in a textbook that is in school. And that, that guy was threatened with being fired and removed, well, removed from the teachers' union. This is a guy who's in leadership in the teachers' union at the time. And he was threatened with losing that position and losing a slot within the teachers' union, which would have automatically meant that he was fired because if you weren't a member of the teachers' union, you couldn't keep a job in the CCSD. And all he was doing was teaching them about the Articles of Confederation before he got into the U.S. Constitution. And he was told to stop doing that. Why? That was the question that he had. Why? If we're going to understand U.S. government, you have to understand that the Constitution came after the Articles of Confederation. You have to know why the Constitution came about and the failures of the articles before it. But he was told that he would be fired if he continued to teach that. So he, he had to get around that. He wasn't allowed to teach the Federalist Papers either. Okay, Those were all things that were not allowed to be taught in the classroom. But he was allowed to teach you that the First Amendment doesn't guarantee you the right of free speech and that the Second Amendment doesn't guarantee you the right to bear arms. He was allowed to teach you that because that was in the, in the, the textbook. That was his concern. Now, this is... 15 years ago, ballpark, 13 to 15 years ago. And of course, people like me were talking about it. I also was invited to a college campus. And I was invited to a college campus because there was a professor there recruiting for Hezbollah and Hamas and things like that over in the Middle East. And some students were very concerned about this. And they were doing it at, uh, at free periods throughout the day in the cafeteria. And so I went to the common areas and I was sitting there listening to this person recruit for terrorists and trash Jews and trash Israel and everything else and lionizing Hamas and Hezbollah and all of that. So I played it on my show. Uh, this is not okay. But this has been going on for a long time. Again, the anti-Semitism that we see right now on the, the left of the country all comes out of the college campuses. College campuses are anti-Semitic, they're anti-Israel, and that's why you have a problem with anti-Semitism in the political left, while the political left tries to tell you that there's a problem with anti-Semitism on the political right when there isn't any. It doesn't exist on the political right. It's all in the political left, and it's mainstream on the political left. But this is things that we've been warning people about for a very, very long time. So over the past two years, what people figured out was, holy crap, they're teaching my kids a bunch of horrendously awful things. So she can sit here and complain all she wants about how two years ago we were heroes. Two years ago, people didn't know what you were spoon-feeding their kids in the classroom. Two years ago, they didn't, they didn't know that you were showing them pornography in grade school. Two years ago, they didn't know that you were teaching them that they were inherently bad because they're white skin or they were inherently inferior because they're, they're not white skin or inherently oppressed because of their not white skin. They didn't know that. Now they do. They didn't realize how bad common core math was because they didn't listen to people like me. We were trying to tell you common core math is hot garbage. It's not good math. They wanted to believe the teachers and the educational system at large 
were good and that they were taking care of their kids, that they're protecting their kids and that they were going to do a good job educating their children. Now parents know the truth. So what changed in two years? Parents were actually able to see the curriculum. They saw what their kids were being taught every single day because of e-learning. They saw the lesson plans. They had to help their kids learn common core math, which again, parents were like, wow, this is dumb. This doesn't make any kind of sense. This is very inefficient. This is not going to help you at all in life. Why are you looking at a picture of of fellatio? Why is there a drawing of fellatio? You're in fourth grade. What is the reason for this? Why are my kids being taught that? Why are my kids being taught that because they were born white, they have an advantage in society and they inherently oppress non-white people? Why are my kids being taught that because their skin is, is brown, that they're inherently oppressed and disadvantaged and somewhat inferior and need the system to help them to overcome that systemic racism. Why are my kids being taught that instead of how to read, write, do math, that sort of stuff? That's why parents have started to have this awakening. And here's the thing. Parents still love great teachers. So if Sarah Hembry is complaining that parents don't seem to really like what's happening at her school, that is because she doesn't have good teachers. That is because the parents have discovered that those teachers are not doing their job. Mm -hmm. Today, I say, parents, quit pushing for stupid bills and getting in our way. What's stupid bills? What's stupid bills? I mean, she didn't name it, but let's be honest, she's probably talking about Florida. What, what are the stupid bills that she's talking about? Oh, parents shouldn't have a, shouldn't have a right to have a say in their kid's education? Really? For the first time in all of American history? Wow. You know, as going back to the 70s, as we started to get parents out of the classroom, educational outcomes have continued to get worse. And on the radio show today, there's a new study that came out about high school students, and it's going to be a very interesting story for you to hear, which will prove this, this case. Okay. In a nutshell, what we know is that high school students are graduating now with higher grades but less knowledge. Interesting stuff, right? According to this new study. We'll talk about that. We'll break it down on the radio show between 3 and 6 this afternoon, Eastern Time. But this is, this is what delusion looks like. Quit pushing stupid bills and getting in our way. Legislatures, education is not in your lane. Get out of it. Uh, yes, it is in their lane. Yeah, it is. And remember, I've been talking about this for, again, my entire radio career. Um, the lowest common denominator in politics is school board members. Generally speaking, school boards, by and large, not every individual, but by and large, school boards are the dumbest people in politics. School boards, people get elected to school boards because of their social circles, not because of their qualifications or their aptitude. It is one of the easiest things to get elected to. Very few people vote on it. Nobody knows anything about the candidates and you get onto school boards and you're able to have tremendous impact on our society, which is why school boards for a long time have been targeted by teachers unions to get their allies on school boards all across the country. That's changing now. Parents are getting on school boards now. Educators are getting on school boards now. Educators who know that the system is screwed up. They're getting on school boards. And as a result, you're starting to see some of this change. She didn't like that. She doesn't like that at all. And I've been saying this from the very beginning. My entire radio career, my entire adult life, okay? Schools do not want parents involved. Schools only want to blame parents of underperforming students 
by saying that those parents aren't involved. So in other words, if a school has a high-performing student, the school wants all of the credit for that. We did that. If this student is great and super, super uh, high in their, their aptitude, that is us that did it. We're the professional educators. If a student is bad, it is because the parent is not involved in the child's education. It's not the school's fault, not the teacher's fault. It is all on the parent. It is all on their home life. But the schools take 100% of the credit if the kid is performing well. It's our fault if it's good. It's your fault if it's bad. That has been that way for a long time. And there are a lot of parents who did not want to listen to people like me who are, who are pointing this out over and over, story after story after story after story in the news media. And it's just, it's the truth. It is the absolute 100% truth. Schools are going to do what's best for your students in spite of you. Really? Mm-hmm. This is somebody who should lose their job. But they are going to run out of people to care for your students if you keep it up. Love a tired principal. You know, what's interesting is since we're talking about two years there, Sarah, let's go back uh, prior to two years when we still had a mass exodus of people away from the teaching profession. Why did they have an exodus of people moving away from the teaching profession? It wasn't because of parents. As you highlighted, um, parents treated you as heroes two years ago. No, the problem was you had radicals from the teachers union getting in senior leadership at the faculty level and you had government and school boards getting involved and it all became a money game instead of about education and what was best for the students. It became a money game. It became about keeping students in the classroom, even if that student is disruptive and that student is messing up everybody's education. It became about not striving for outcomes, but striving for revenue. That's what it became about. It became about lowering the quality of teachers by trying to improve the teacher-to-student ratio, which undeniably brings more low-quality teachers into the profession. So when you have bad kids you can't remove from the classroom, good teachers can't teach. And when you have even good teachers with those bad, those bad students in there, it's just a distraction for everybody. A good teacher without distracting students will be able to teach a class of 40, 50 kids without any problem. And the research has shown this over and over and over again. Okay, Classroom size doesn't mean anything. A good, well-behaved class will be under control and will be receptive, not susceptible to, but receptive to a good teacher's instruction. A great teacher will not be able to teach in that environment. That's why teachers were leaving the profession. And they were doing this long before COVID. Long before COVID. But see, COVID has exposed you, Sarah. COVID has exposed you. So let's see what uh, Christina Peshad had to say. Tallahassee Public Schools principal posts on Facebook, parents quit pushing for stupid bills and getting in our way. Legislature, legislatures, <laughs> education is not your lane, get out of it. Media narrative, another innocent victim of conservative culture warriors. Right. She also sent a no paywall version of it. Uh, <laughs> it's, like I said, this is... No principal, no teacher, or education official should ever talk like this. The, the hubris and ignorance it takes for a principal to post something like this on Facebook for her students and parents to see is unbelievable. You're right. You're absolutely right. This is somebody who doesn't want, I've told you before, schools don't want parents involved. They only want to blame parents if the kid doesn't perform. 
This is a prime example of that. She has proven my point. Parents, shut up. Legislature, shut up. We're the experts. We'll do what's best regardless of what you think. Okay. Now, again, she's in Florida, so you already know. You already know she wants to take surveys of your kids without you knowing about it. She wants to do all sorts of things with your children without the parents knowing about it. Again, for the first time in history. Okay, let's let's move on to the next story here. This is from Stephen Crowder. Mothers outraged that their daughter, 12 years old, was invited to arts club where a teacher says it's okay to lie to your parents. Okay, so we got a principal saying, parents, stay out of it. We're going to do what's best for your kid in spite of you. And now you got a 12-year-old being told, go lie to your mom and dad. Okay, interesting. All right, let's go ahead and listen to what she has to say. And one day her trusted art and homeroom teacher invited her to stay after school for art club. So she texted us and we gave our permission. Of course, you can stay for art club. When she arrived in the classroom that day, she very quickly learned that it was actually GSA art club or gender and sexuality awareness. And her trusted teacher had invited in an outside presenter to speak with the children. Um, This presenter started with her number one rule. What you hear in here stays in here. She then brought out flags to describe different umbrella terms or defining words, as she called them, and how people feel under each of the flags. She explained to my daughter that if she is not 100% comfortable in her female body, then she's transgender. She then gave out flags, stickers, bracelets, and what she called the obligatory toys that kids love to collect everywhere I go. Um, She then told the kids that parents aren't safe. And that it's it's okay to lie to them about where they are in order to attend this meeting and also future programming that she holds throughout the community, um, both online and in person. Now, it's okay to lie to your parents about coming here, just like they lied to the student about going there to begin with. And again, a teacher. Now, usually GSA means the Gay Straight Alliance Club, but this was a gender and sexuality um, thing. So I don't know if it's affiliated with the Gay Straight Alliance. I'm not sure. Okay. But again... The art teacher invited the student. The student didn't ask about it. The art teacher invited the student. Ah, we're going to have an art class after school. Okay, I love art. I'm going to go. Oh, I got lied to. This is not about art at all. Yeah, that teacher should be fired. This type of presentation shouldn't even be allowed in school. This could be an after-school program with permission, but it, it this, is, this is not something that should be allowed to happen, I know this happened after school, but this is not something that should be allowed where a teacher can lie to a student and bring them in. Now, if you want to get you know full approval, you want to have a club like this, you want to go through the process of approving a club like this, that's fine. Having a presenter come in under false pretenses to talk to students. You've lied to the student, and then you've told the students, okay, to lie to mom and dad. And then everything that I say here stays in here because we don't want mom and dad to know about it, right? Like I said, when we covered this the show here um, not that long ago, as last week, okay, the show about teachers having inappropriate sexual contact with your students just a couple of years ago, these were all considered red flags. If anybody, this is what parents are always teaching their children, if anybody tells you not to tell me something, that is a red flag that they are a bad person. So now you've got teachers and principals and teachers bringing in third parties to tell you it's okay to lie to mom and dad. It's okay to lie to him. That is a huge red flag. So yeah, that's a groomer. You got a 12-year-old kid, okay? 12-year-old kid who's being told, if you don't feel comfortable as a girl, well, you're transgender. No, that's not what that means. That is not what that means at all. That is not what transgenderism even is. 
But that's what they're telling them because they're grooming them to think that they're transgender and to join the LGBTQ plus community, which again, anybody can join if you use their language. Anybody can find a way to fit into that community and become a marginalized person in our country. But again, the whole premise of getting the student there was to lie to the student. So the student automatically already knows, I can't trust these people. They lied to me to get me there. And then these people are now telling me that it's okay for me to lie to the teacher. Well, sure, it's okay, or to, uh, to mom and dad. Of course, it's okay for you to lie to mom and dad because it was okay for them to lie to you to get you there to be under false pretenses to begin with. All right, she continues. Some of the programming is actually uh, includes adults. So she's got 12-year-olds in these meetings secretly with adults. Um, she told the kids Rumors. that uh, she brought out the genderbred activity. I don't know if you've ever seen that yep. before. We've talked about that on the show. The genderbred person activity, which mm-hmm. explains that gender and sexuality are on a spectrum and that neither can ever be binary. Um, it explicitly asked the kids who they're sexually attracted to. Um, there was 11, 12, and 13-year-olds in the room. Again, when not appropriate. Um, she doubled down that parents aren't safe, that heterosexuality and monogamy are not normal. And she not then normal. proceeded to hand out her personal <laughs> contact information to the kids. Personal contact information. them to connect with her without their parents' knowledge, um, by cell phone, mm-hmm. by email. All behavior. That is grooming behavior. All behavior from the articles that we covered last week from the Washington Post in like 2017, 2018, that were red flags that your child was being abused at school. Here's my personal contact information. You can call me anytime. Don't tell mom and dad about this. When you do contact me, don't tell mom and dad you're going to contact me. Hide my number from your mom and dad. That is what a predator tells their prey. That is not what somebody who is concerned the safety and well-being of a child ever does. Anybody who's concerned with the safety and well-being of a child will, will ask, hey, can you talk to your mom and dad about this? Kid will say yes or no. Okay, if you can't talk to mom and dad, can you talk to a counselor, police officer, whatever? Can you talk to somebody like that? Okay, you give them guidance. This is predatory behavior. This is what somebody who is grooming children does. This is not okay. Period. She continues. And by teen chat platforms like WhatsApp uh, and Discord, where parents can't see the communication. Right. She also sends them invites to her secret mm-hmm. meetings through these channels. Of course. All secret meetings. They're all secret meetings. Now, of course, you were to talk to the teacher who invited this lunatic to that school camp. This is all about protecting kids who feel this way. Okay, then why did you have to lie to the child to get, get her to go to that club? Hmm? This, I already know that you listening to this, you watching this right now, I already know that you understand that what this woman just described was was a predator. I already know that you know that. If for some reason you're listening to this and you're going, oh, that's not a predator, you're probably a predator yourself. That's a predator. Somebody who lies to a child to get them to go to an event like this is preying upon children. And then at this event has somebody telling the child a bunch of stuff that the kid didn't realize they were supposed to be there to hear and then telling them specifically to hide it from mom and dad, that's a predator. And then handing out the personal contact information in order to get them to contact them privately. And we're going to have these private chats and these private groups and everything else that mom and dad can't know about. That's a predator. 
That is what a groomer does to its victim. And everybody knows it. And that's why we highlighted that last week on that episode that so many of you said was a powerful episode. Because just a few years ago, this was all stuff that was being written about in corporate media as being massive red flags. Your child might be abused by a teacher at school. And now it's commonplace and celebrated and promoted. But to go back to this principle, right? Hey, get out of our way. We're going to do what's best for your kids in spite of you. Yeah, like lying to the kid, getting them to a GSA club, spreading a bunch of lies, giving them personal contact information and everything else. Don't tell mom and dad about this. We'll protect you from mom and dad. Mom and dad are evil. Heterosexuality is not normal. Right. That's not grooming? Oh, we're not done yet. Another Crowder one. Teacher sends kindergarten students home with homework to list the best places in their house to masturbate. Oh, how fun. Now, we've talked about similar stories like this before. I think I shared this um, a week or two ago, and I just pulled it up from Crowder's website just to add to this this segment here. For those of you who follow me on social media, you probably saw this. Uh, and again, you got a bunch of banging outside the door because, you know, people are... We're, we have, like, our spring cleaning happening right now. Some children like to touch their own private body parts, and some children don't. What places in your home are private? Yeah, it seems like a totally appropriate thing to send home to a child. Draw a picture of the private places where you can touch your privates if you want to. Yeah, that seems that seems appropriate. Let's go ahead and just draw this. Yeah, let's just, just draw it. Where are the private places that you can go ahead and do this? All families have different rules about masturbation, touching your own private parts, talk to your trusted grown-ups about your family rules, yada, 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 okay? Now, um, I was on Twitter actually engaging in this conversation uh, with people about this, okay? And there's people going, people were accusing libs of TikTok, and I responded as, as fake news flash. I responded uh, to this woman. She was accusing libs of TikTok of cutting this part out, when in fact it wasn't cut out from the article at all. I was like, if you click on it, you can clearly see that the entire sheet is, is a part of this. And it doesn't say talk to parents or anything else. Okay, this is not appropriate. This is grooming behavior, period. This is grooming behavior. This is not appropriate. This is not acceptable. This is not anything. This is a person who should be fired immediately, never allowed to work around children again, period. All right, let's keep moving on. Totally not coming for your kids, though, guys. Totally not coming for your kids. Elementary teacher brags about ignoring parents' wishes in video meeting. There's nothing they can do. Hey, let's go back to this principle. We're going to do what's best for your kid, according to us, in spite of you. Just stay out of our way. All right, let's listen to what this guy has to say here. We're not going to watch the entire thing, but uh, let's go ahead and, and listen to this. What should we do if a parent requests that we refer to their child by the pronouns associated with their sex, assigned at birth, Sorry, it's quiet. of their preferred pronouns, or their pronouns, um, and, what, and that we use their legal name instead of a student's chosen name? So I could respond with something that I've done. This came up for me... Um, uh, it's come, come up in a couple different ways, but it's come up for me where caregivers asked, um, I actually referred to their child's name um, in an IEP meeting um, using the name that the child had asked to be um, referred to and their chosen pronouns. Um, and the caregivers reacted really strongly and then followed up with me and the principal and said like, I noticed that you were using a different name than my child's given name at birth, at birth and the pronouns that we gave them um, and I'm respectfully. We gave them, them. <laughs> the name and the pronouns that we gave them. 
Um, and I, so the laws in every state are different, obviously, and I, I can't speak to the laws in everyone's particular state, um, but I will say, um, again, the resources that we'll give you after this um, have some helpful sites where you can go and look up um, what the rules are for your estate. But I, before I responded to the caregiver, um, I made sure that I had my, um, I ran it by my principal and my superintendent just to make sure that I had their, that they had my back. Um, and then I responded, um, I chose my words carefully and I said, I hear you, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, and I, I tried to really like affirm what the caregiver was asking me, um, like in terms of, you know, I was like, I hear you saying that um, you're feeling uncomfortable with me, you know, using the, the child's preferred name and pronouns. And I hear that you're using different, different ones at home, um, here at school, um, the, the expectation is that all of my students feel comfortable and welcome in my classroom. So in my classroom, I will refer to your child by whatever name and pronouns that they've told me they feel most comfortable with. Um, and just, just have that be it. Almost like the, the um, guidelines that I try to use when I'm like explaining hard topics to my students, like less is more. Um, I just say like, it sounds like that really works for you at home and you can absolutely choose to do whatever you'd like at home in my classroom. And I, I even say like every year I start out my um, year by like sending home information to, to caregivers that says like, just so you know, like this is an affirming class. Like one of the ways I affirm students is I call them by the names that they refer, they ask to be called by and use their correct pronouns. So just like really, I just told them that maybe that's not helpful, but I just told them no. Um, like respectfully no and it and it, because I had um, my principal and my super support um, there wasn't much they could do mm -hmm. now and again there's gonna be some people who probably listen to that and go all right there's a conflict at home uh, kid is you know got something going on and the parents are trying to steer the child towards um, you know normal upbringing and there's some people who feel like, okay, there's, there's a combative environment there and it wouldn't be fair to maybe conduct something that would be abusive uh, by, you know, following the parental, the parental wishes. But here's the thing, okay? Most of these kids will grow out of this. In some studies, up to 95% will grow out of it. So affirm, naturally grow out of it. So affirming a fantasy that they may have at a younger age. And sometimes it is a fantasy. Sometimes it's not. But affirming a potential fantasy at a young age could prevent them from naturally evolving into who they were supposed to be. And at the end of the day, teachers don't raise children. Parents do. And if there's really a situation where, hey, this is potentially abusive, okay, maybe maybe it's time to, you know, start talking about getting the family into counseling, see if they can work through it, um, you know, before, I mean, really not with abusive, but... You know, that should have been a recommendation like, hey, you know, my recommendation is, look, the student is very adamant about using these pronouns. I realize that you're adamant about using their natural pronouns. Um, maybe it's time for you all to have like some counseling on this and work through it as a family and, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, realize that's never that's never an option. That's never presented in any of these cases that we have covered over the, over the past several years. That's never an, an option that is presented at all. It's always uh, no, I don't care what your wishes, wishes are. I'm going to do what the kid wants me to do. Meanwhile, parents are just trying to raise their child. Okay. And the teacher, you don't have any power here. You don't raise children. 
it's not appropriate for you to just sidestep mom and dad. It would be appropriate to maybe offer some guidance. And clearly, since that appears to be a trans individual, maybe offer some guidance from a trans individual's perspective. And like, hey, let me explain like what I went through and you know why this might be something that you need to sit down with a professional and have a conversation about. But that's not an option. It's pure, oh, respectfully, I told him to go, you know, pound sand. No, screw you guys. Okay, that's not, again, that's not how you handle these things. They've set themselves up in direct conflict with the parents. And all the parents are trying to do is raise their kid. Not done yet. MSNBC columnist, uh, Anthea Butler, an MSNBC opinion columnist, published a piece on Thursday titled, How the Conservative Christian Right is Hijacking Homeschooling. Um, I'm sorry, how is the Christian conservative right hijacked homeschooling when they have been the primary purveyors of homeschooling for the entire history of the country? How are they hijacking homeschooling exactly? You know, the left has, and even even the, the center has made fun of religious right-wing people for homeschooling their children. They've constantly made fun of them year after year after year after year in spite of every study done showing that homeschool kids outperform public school kids. But they still mock them. Well, they're not uh, they're not able to properly socialize and all that. Yes, they are. As long as you don't allow them to be hobbits, they're prob- they're able to properly socialize just fine. But of course, now it's a conspiracy. Things that things that were normal, now a conspiracy theory. So this is the article here. Why the evangelical right is so obsessed with killing the American public school. Because the American public school sucks. Okay? I'm just giving you several examples. All right? You got uh, you got a stupid principal. Well, no, that's the wrong one. got a stupid principal here going, hey, parents, screw you guys. We're going to do what we want to do. You're not experts. Stay out of it. You got a teacher lying to a student to get them to a GSA club where the student didn't know they were going there, where they were told, you're not allowed to tell your parents about this GSA club. Oh, by the way, you can swap genders whenever you want. You got teachers sending home assignments that will tell you, well, they're telling the kids, hey, uh, where can you touch your private parts in private at home? Yay. There was a story that we did not that long ago that was from Australia, which is an assignment for, you know, 10-year-old kids to go home and ask their dad about his penis. Not appropriate. Not appropriate. Then you got this stuff here. Yeah, I just tell, I just tell parents to go pound sand. You know, forget it. I'm going to do what I want in my classroom. So anyway, um, Not the Bee says, not sure why the term hijacking is used in the headline. Christians have been involved in homeschooling a long time. Uh, this is supposed to scare non-Christians that are enticed by the prospect of homeschooling. The homeschooling surge has been confirmed by the U.S. Census Bureau, which reported in March that therate, a therate, that what? Oh, that's supposed to be the rate. Excuse me. They didn't put a space. That the rate of households homeschooling their children rose to 11% by September 2020 more than doubling from 5.4% just six months earlier, according to the Associated Press, in July of 2021. The AP also reported that black households saw the largest jump. Their homeschooling rate rose from 3.3% in the spring of 2020 to 16.1% in the fall. Yes. Black families, particularly low-income black families in very bad school districts, this is what you need to do. You have got to get involved in your kids' education because the public school ain't helping them, and the public school is not interested in helping them. Look at the empowerment zone in South Bend. You go to the empowerment zone schools, they're violent. Teachers don't teach curriculum there. It's about uh, black pride. The police are, are evil. 
The police are coming for you. Black Lives Matter. That's all it's about. We've seen that over and over again here in South Bend. And I'm sure it's the same thing repeated over and over again in other school districts. It's not about teaching writing, uh, reading, writing, and math. It's not about getting them the basics. It is about social justice and everything else. Even Butler admits black parents and other diverse groups are finding homeschooling as an attractive alternative. That's about all she wants to say about that, though. Yeah, exactly. And again, one of the reasons that people, going back to douche nozzle principle here, one of the reasons that people have decided that homeschooling is the best option is they now realize what is actually happening in the classroom. They're not okay with it. They saw that they could do better at home through e-learning. They could do better for their child than the school would. And they have now decided to take that opportunity. And good for them for doing it. You want to improve black educational outcomes? That's how you do it. Concerned parents being involved in their kids' education. Instead of sending them off to a public school where they're hoping there's going to be a good education or not. Told you before, you know, the school that I was going to, I look, I grew up poor, okay? I grew up poor in a gang-infested area, a uh, lot of violence, a lot of that stuff, okay? My mom took a risk of going to jail by lying about where we lived so I didn't have to go to a sixth grade center. And again, we're from Las Vegas, okay? We're talking about like 120 degree temperatures. Sixth grade center where the entire school was in portable buildings. Not real buildings, portable buildings with no air conditioning in the middle of the desert. The only building that had air conditioning was the faculty building where the administration was. Classrooms didn't have AC. They were directly across the street from a ghetto. We saw a drug deal when we went to look at the school. There was no grass. It was all dirt. Okay, no grass, just total dirt. And it was really far away from my house. But because of the the diversity quotas that the Clark County School District had set up, I was to be bused all the way over to this school. So I was going to lose a couple hours a day in bus time. Then I was going to I was going to have to get up earlier for that. I was going to get home later for that. Less time to do my homework, all that stuff. And she chose to risk jail time because back then it was jail time. If you didn't go to the school you were zoned for, you went to jail. If your parents lied about it, they went to jail. But she did. She took that risk to get me into a brand new school district in an upper middle class area. And she wasn't alone. She took that risk. She couldn't stay home with me to do it, but she took that risk to get me into a better school system. And it paid off. But she had to take a risk Okay, parents, I'm telling you right now, your kids are worth it. Take the risk. If there's a way for you to do it for the love of God, do it. There's a reason that homeschooling rates are going through the roof right now. And that is because parents over the last two years have seen that public education doesn't really care about their kids. Teachers don't really care about their kids. Bunch of teachers refusing to go back to work. No, I don't want to teach. No, no, no. I don't want to COVID. I don't want to teach. Even though schools are proven to be safe. They're not massive uh, trans transmission hubs of COVID, but teachers have chosen to put themselves above the students and parents see that. And they know what's going on in the classroom now. They didn't before, but they do now. And that's why they're choosing homeschooling. There's this new book, Pediatricians Try to Ensnare Kids in Gender Ideology. The radical left continues to target vulnerable children with its twisted view of gender identity and sexual orientation. Now, the left has the full-fledged support of the country's largest association of pediatric doctors. Uology, 
A Puberty Guide for Everybody, is a book released by the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's aiming to talk about puberty in an inclusive way. Okay. Although there are chapters on the normal growing pains associated with puberty, the book raises eyebrows by including content related to kids identifying as transgender, as well as the Academy's recommendations for those kids. Now, I would like to remind you that we are talking about like less than 1%. We've done the numbers here, okay? Virtually nobody is transgender in this country. Virtually nobody. There aren't that many gay people in the U.S. Why do you think they have LGBTQ plus and all of these extra letters on the acronym? Like I said, they're expanding who the LGBT club is to be anybody. If you really wanted to, you right now could be a member of that community. Somehow, some way, with the way that they have this language that basically absorbs everybody. You could do that. You could carry a rainbow flag. You can then proclaim to be a victim. You'll never live your life that way. You'll never live your life as if you were gay or trans or anything like that. You'd live your life normal. But you could be accepted into the club if you really wanted to. There aren't that many gay people. There aren't that many trans people. And they had to grow the acronym to ensnare more people, to be more influential, and to grow their group's influence. That's all it is. That is all this is. Like I said before, you know, you can have a bunch of kids and millennials and Gen Z who are like, yeah, I'm LGBTQ plus, sure. You know, whether they identify as pansexual or what have you is I'm attracted to everybody. Well, technically, everybody could be attracted to everybody. If, if you, just taking the pansexual thing for, for an example here, if you have somebody who's a biological female but identifies as non-binary, but you're attracted to that person, I guess technically you're pansexual. Technically. So you're a part of that group now. You'll never live your life that way, though. You'll never live your life having a relationship with, um, you know, a person of the same sex, person of the opposite sex, or, or, you know, going back and forth between them. You'll never live your life that way. And most of these people won't either. I've talked about this with uh, bisexuals and bicurious. You know, that was all the rage when I was in high school. I'm bicurious. I'm bicurious. I'm bicurious. Are you actually bisexual? I'm just curious about being bisexual. I think she's cute. Kiss her. No, I don't want to. Well, go ahead. She said she would kiss you. Go ahead. Kiss her. No, I don't want to. Right, because you're just lying. You're trying to get some social credit, but you'll never actually live your life that way. So you run around and you, instead of saying you're bisexual, say, I'm bi-curious. Opportunity's never presented itself. Yeah, you know, okay, well, here's the opportunity. Yeah, I don't want to. No, nah, I don't want to do that. Okay. Because you're not really bisexual. You're not bi-curious. You just wanted to be accepted into a club. You didn't have anywhere else to fit in. You wanted to fit in there. That's really what's going on. And because there aren't that many gay people and there aren't that many trans people, they needed to grow their numbers. So this is what they do to do that. There's nothing wrong with being gay. There's nothing wrong with being trans, okay? If you, if you want to live your life that way, that's fine. The problem is preying upon children to artificially inflate your numbers and not allow children to naturally develop where they're overwhelmingly, according to the statistics, they're overwhelmingly going to naturally grow out of it and not be interested in living in this lifestyle at all. They're going to live a traditional normal life and that's how they're going to want to live, not be forced to, but want to live and how they're going to want to to evolve as a human being. 
and you're denying them that opportunity. And then you got cases where you've got this. I'm going to lie to my students to get them to come to this club. We're not going to do art. We're going to talk about gender issues, sexuality, gay stuff, uh, trans stuff. We're going, to, we're going to talk about all of this, and we're going to tell them not to tell their parents. That is potential sexual abuse. That is grooming if I've ever seen it. If I've ever seen it, that's grooming. And just a few years ago, all of corporate media acknowledged, if this is happening in schools, you need to tell the authorities, you need to talk to the school. This is a huge red flag. But now, now it's a conspiracy theory. By the same newspapers that just a few years ago were writing articles about how parents need to be concerned about this behavior. Because the amount of sexual interaction with, with teachers and students is going through the roof. And it continues to increase and increase and increase and increase. And it's going to continue to get worse, especially as you have young teachers going into high school. So you've got you know, 22, 23, 24-year-old teachers going into high school with 17, 18-year-old kids. Sometimes you have less of an age gap or the same age gap between seniors in high school and the age of the teacher than you would have from a freshman to a senior. And that's why you're running into a lot of this. I just had, a, had another story here buried down. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick. This teacher here just got busted doing this. That's that's a story for today as well. Where is it? 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 I meant to add it in for today's show, but I didn't. I was repeating some of these things. It happens sometimes. It kind of glitches out on me. This teacher had a ton of inappropriate sexual contact with students again. And uh, she got buried a little bit, I think. All right, let's see here if I can find this. It was like her mugshot, too. All right. Well, it was in here yesterday. It's just buried in the show prep. But, yeah, she had had inappropriate sexual contact with several students. And again, you know, fairly young woman. Multiple, multiple victims. You know, this is going to continue to be a problem. And now it's being normalized. And it's being celebrated. And things that will increase this type of behavior being injected in the curriculum. And parents need to be aware of this. This is why you're starting to see so many parents say, nope, not going to do it. You know, we did a story yesterday on the radio show where, um, you know, the, the vice, vice president, uh, the new vice president of the Indiana Teachers Association had to resign because of racist and sexually inappropriate tweets. <laughs> They're still teaching. They just had to resign their position because of racist and sexually inappropriate tweets. And social media posts. But they can still teach. They just can't can't be the vice president of the teachers association in in Indiana anymore. They can still teach though. That's good to know. I'm sure that's very comforting. Parents, you have to pay attention to this. And I know that I've been saying this for a long time, long before COVID, long before, you know, the the uh, the mass organization of parents against school boards that were doing this sort of thing. 
And, you know, there's a lot of this stuff that that happened pre-COVID that we only uncovered during COVID. You have you have to pay attention to it. You've got to talk to your kids about it. Uh, if you can get into private school, if you can homeschool, there's ways for you to do it. Some states are really good about getting you the, the money to get into private school. Indiana is one of the best states for that. I know that some of you watching and listening to this right now, depending on if you're watching the live stream, the video, or if you're listening to the audio podcast, I realize that some of you don't live in Indiana, but generally speaking, you can get a large chunk of your private school paid for by the state. As long as you're not a rich individual, you'll be fine. Explore it. Look into the opportunities to do it. Find a spot for your kid at a good school away from public school so you can avoid this this stuff. Not every private school is great, but by and large, private schools are better than public. They have been forever. But now it's not just academics. Now it's all of this other stuff. Charter schools, big options. Some charter schools are really good. Some are really awful. Pay very close attention to that. And if you can homeschool, for the love of God, homeschool. That's the only way you're going to protect your kids from this stuff. It's the only way. And I I realize that some of you are probably listening to this and you're going, it's too hard, it's too hard, it's too hard. It's not as hard as you think. You know, Heritage Meeting House here in in South Bend, Heritage Meeting House, um, it's a coffee shop and a little cafe and everything else, but they have a school. They're expanding that because the growth and demand for their their school has increased. So they're actually expanding. They may actually end up having classrooms at Bethel College now, but they're going to be totally private. And they are geared towards helping parents do this. There is help out there. You don't need to do it alone. You don't need to navigate this, this possibility on your own. There's a way for you to do this. One of the best compare and contrast that I could possibly do as a dad, as a parent, talking to you and giving advice. My youngest kid is in private school. My oldest daughter is in public school. She'll be in private next year. I don't know what my older daughter is learning in school unless she tells me. I have to have that conversation with her. I have to engage in that conversation. I have to ask her what she's being taught. I don't know what the lesson plans are, what the curriculum is. As a parent, I have no access to that. At the beginning of the week and at the end of the week, I know what my youngest daughter is going to be learning about that week. And then I get a review of what she learned about the previous week and how to help her continue those lessons at home through the weekend in our daily lives. What a dramatic difference. As a parent, I love getting, hey, Your kid's going to learn about this this week. Here's how you can help at home versus absolutely nothing. Find a school that does what the private school that my daughter goes to does. So you as a parent can do your job and your kid will get the proper education, will probably excel beyond public school education, will be be able to, if they choose, go wherever they want for higher education, which is another issue and another problem in and of itself, and get good jobs and be set up appropriately and properly, but also have a much better moral, a moral foundation. 
And by moral, I don't mean religious, okay? I'm not trying to force anybody into a religious school. You know, there's some people out there not comfortable with that, and that's okay. But there are basic uniform morals that we have in Western society. And it would be nice to allow your child to have that foundation so they can grow up and be the person that they want to be without somebody manipulating that behavior while you're not around. I got to run. I'm hungry. I'm going to go grab something to eat. Uh, it seems like most of the noise uh, that was being done outside of my studio has has died down. But, um, hey, join us this afternoon at 3 o'clock, 3 to 6, every single weekday, Eastern Time, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We do the 95.3 MNC radio show right here on Rumble as well. And, again, hit that subscribe button. Share it with all of your friends. Hit, hit you know, comment anything you want. I don't have a word of a day. I haven't done a word of a day in a while. I'm sorry about that. But do what you can to go ahead and spread the word. And I really do appreciate it. You also see that red button up there for locals. Go ahead and click that button. Join my locals community for free. Uh, if you want to support me, that's great. You don't have to. But click that uh, thing. Sign up for locals. I'm going to start doing a lot more on locals uh, in the near future. Okay? So stay tuned for new website updates and everything else as well. And I hope you all have a wonderful afternoon. We'll see you at 3 o'clock.